Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you wherever you're at. Praise God. I tell you that every, every service. <laughs> anyway, it's always, uh, it's always a blessing to be able to bring the Word of God to you. We're always grateful to, uh, uh, to minister the Word and to have somebody there to listen to it. Praise God. We just love it that people are hungry and want to hear the Word and want to grow, want to go higher, want to go deeper. Praise God. So we count it an honor and a privilege to be able to bring the Word of God to you. Again, we're going uh, in our midweek service here. We're going to talk about our patriarchs of faith. Uh, we have talked about many different uh, individuals over the last, uh, well, actually this whole year, everybody from David, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, Caleb, you know. Uh, last week, I actually talked about Rahab, which uh, was, uh, I enjoyed that. It was kind of a, a neat thing, the things you can bring out about somebody's life when you just uh, take the time and not uh, rush through it, you know. Today, we're going to kind of do the similar thing, but we're going to talk about a man named Jabez. But uh, first, let's do our opening verse. Amen. And 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11, please. And it just says, now all these things happened to them. Of course, of course, talking about the children of Israel and all the things happening were not necessarily good things, right? Anyway, uh, that's the thing about the scriptures. Uh, you know, we can learn some things because it doesn't hold back. Uh, anything. You know, the good, the bad, and the ugly all gets brought out, and that's what you can learn and glean from, all right? Hopefully, the mistakes they made, you can learn and not make the same mistakes, amen? And hopefully, uh, uh, that's what it's about. He says that, but all this happened to them as examples, see? In other words, as, as a copy or type for us to learn from, as they were written for our admonition or instruction or teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. In other words, this is, these are principles that you can learn and will always be valid uh, to all eternity. So that's the cool thing about the Word of God. Now, uh, like I said, we're going to talk about Jabez. So let's go to 1 Chronicles. 1 Chronicles, please. 1 Chronicles. And we're going to go to um, chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4. And, uh, you know, over the years, you know, you've heard and seen different things uh, about Jabez. In fact, they even wrote a little book about the prayer of Jabez. And, um, you know, um, you know, a little, actually a little book, it did pretty well, actually. But um, today we're going to kind of look at his life and maybe um, kind of a fresh look at it. Um, so let's just read the text. Um, we only, you know, we pretty much... All that you know about Jabez, you're going to read here in about two verses. Actually, I think it is two verses. So it's verses 9 and 10 of chapter 4 of 1 Chronicles. And it just says this, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez. Okay, which the word Jabez means, the word means, he will cause pain. That's what it means. Okay, now you would think somebody would name their kid different, right? But anyway... Uh, she called his name Jabez uh, because I bore him in pain, okay? And that's why she did it. So she, was, uh, she named him based on <clears throat> feelings or emotions, okay? Okay. Well, anyway, we'll get to that here in a second. And verse 10 says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel. In other words, obviously later on here as he's getting up there, maturing, growing, he called on God. And it says, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. Okay, so a lot said there in two verses. So let's back up here. Let's take a look at these two verses. 
Okay, today we're actually going to talk about a no-quit spirit, and hopefully that's going to come out here, and you'll kind of see why that is. But uh, verse 9 again says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Now the word honorable here, um, some say stuff like, uh, some translations anyway, say something like uh, he was honored above his brothers. But uh, the word here means to be decent or upright or upstanding. So upright, upstanding, or right-minded might be another way of saying that. Okay, because um, it's about choosing the higher road. Okay, and he made a decision to choose a higher road here, which made him a little bit different than his brothers. Obviously, his brothers maybe weren't so honorable. We don't know anything about them. Okay, and then it goes on to say that his mother uh, called his name Jabez because he was named by his mother, which usually is not is not the um, is not the norm. Okay, so there's a reason that mom named him. Okay, either there was issues in the home. Uh, or dad has already passed, or something happened. I mean, it could be. Um, all we know is that uh, life wasn't all that great, okay? Uh, she bore him in pain, okay? Now, we, uh, we, for the most part, assume that the pain was in childbearing, right? Okay, and maybe she had complications in, in childbearing, and it could very well be, could be 100% accurate. But I have the feeling it's a little bit more than that because of the fact that she's the one that named him. Okay, so it makes me think there was some other things also that going on. So part of the pain here wasn't just in childbearing, but could very well be there was uh, marital issues, family issues, a loss of, of, of a husband or some kind of thing could be all kinds of things. All I know is it turns out that the other brothers obviously weren't honorable. Okay. So it starts making you wonder. You start taking this verse and start putting it together, and you start seeing that there probably was some dis, uh, a dysfunctional home. There was some some issues, some problems. Okay, which would mean that uh, you know maybe they weren't uh, born born and raised right for whatever reasons. Okay, uh, never got a real chance in life, or unfortunate about something, and it could just be a single mom trying to raise some boys and having struggles there with that. And, and it is, it's tough for single moms to, to raise uh, their kids. Uh, that's why there's a need for a, a father to be in the picture. Okay. Now, again, you might think, well, you're just reaching. Well, there's certain things that, uh, you know, you have to look at um, and, and weigh it out because obviously this wasn't a lightweight thing. Here it is mentioned and mentioned that the fact that he was honorable, he was upright, Okay, in other words, upstanding or right man, right minded, pardon me, meaning he was willing to choose a higher road. Now, the reason that's mentioned is because the next verse then he looks up. Okay, he's looking to God as his source, which probably my guess is nobody else in the household was. Okay, um, and again, you might think I'm just reaching here, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm pretty close to this. Okay, this is why this is such a um, you know, the, the, what was said and why it was said and how it was said, okay, there's a reason for it. So, um, so we're seeing here that this, this young man could have been more like his brothers, maybe due to maybe dysfunctional home there, whatever's going on, the issues with that lack of a father or whatever. And it could be a multiple things, okay? Nowadays, it isn't, it isn't unheard of to see a home or be around homes that, you know, are without a father. And then it makes it kind of tough to raise kids, and especially when you don't have a father figure right there. We're not saying that, that mothers couldn't do it or can't do it. 
it just it just gets tough. It's hard for them, and um, and so you know this probably time ain't no different. Okay, so uh, we're seeing uh, you know obviously there was some issues. Okay, but he made a decision that regardless of what was going on, whatever it was, okay, he still looked up. Okay, he didn't stop. He didn't give up. He didn't quit. He didn't just make excuses. You know, a lot of times that's what happens. Okay, and um, you know maybe I'm I'm pulling a little bit, uh, you know, out of you know in today's society what we see, um, but a lot of times people that you know maybe don't get a real uh, you know good uh, you know start. Maybe they have a lot of issues at home or something, and they sometimes they use that as an excuse um, to you know live a way they shouldn't live or uh, to. Uh, go down a road, they got no business going down, okay? And it happens, okay? People make excuses. They justify themselves. They have some kind of an alibi or reason why they live the way they live. They maybe could even be, some folks maybe go as far as to uh, uh, self-pity uh, uh, because of what they've had to deal with or been without or whatever. It happens. Not everybody's that way, of course. But some folks, they go that down that road. They get kind of what we sometimes call maybe a victim mentality. Now, I mention all these on purpose because Jabez could have went down that road. He could have just turned out and been different and not been an honorable person, not chose a higher road, not looked up to God. Um, instead, he could have just been mad at God, been mad at the world, mad at his family, mad at, at dad for either whether he you know checked out early or whether he moved away or whether he just isn't being a, a good father. I mean, we don't know. I mean, sometimes there's that, you know, they're in the home, but they're just not doing what they should be doing. You know, some of their choices ain't all that great. Now you think, man, you're just, you're spending a lot of time with this. Well, yeah, I am. I am because um, we can learn some things from Jabez. And really, to be honest, you know, with today's society, um, this fits. It totally fits. Okay. Um, because we see a lot of things um, where people, as parents, drop the ball, and now their kids are having to be raised by somebody else, by a grandparent or a loved one, or or maybe a single parent, uh, you know. And it gets tough. It gets hard. And uh, so the temptation is to quit. The temptation is to use that as your excuse why life stinks. You know, I've been dealt a bad hand, so pretty soon. You know, we just use that as our little alibi to excuse uh, bad behavior or bad choices, decision making, whatever it may be. Some people, uh, you know, uh, just have an excuse for everything, you know. And to me, excuses are nothing but the nails used to build a house of failure. And the thing is, you have to understand you ain't never going to live beyond your excuse. Okay, if you're going to live by excuses, you're never going to live beyond that. That's where you that's where you're at. That's where you're going to be stuck at. And excuses keep you contained. Um, excuses will not allow you to, uh, to go anywhere because you lean too much on an excuse, an alibi, a reason why you can't. That's just how that is. Now, again, I am kind of stressing that a little bit because this man could have done that, okay, and felt justified, felt, you know, felt he had a, a reason why, okay, or he could have, uh, you know, he could have done what he did, right? So he looked up, and even though everything he'd been through, everything he'd been, the hand that he'd been dealt, he made a decision to look up to God as a source, okay? 
So that takes us now to verse 10. Okay, so let's take a look at that. All right, verse 10. And it says this, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. So obviously, we see here that Jabez chose to take the higher road, to do the honorable thing. Okay, that's why it's mentioned. Okay, to look up, to draw from God as his source, all right, instead of quitting. In fact, let's define quit, okay, since my title, you know, got no quit spirit. Um, the word quit means to give up, which makes sense, right? To give up, to surrender or relinquish, okay? It means to disengage. Sometimes that's what some folks have done. Some people may be still serving God, but they've disengaged, okay? They're not really engaged in doing and moving forward here. It means also to cease perseverance or insistence, okay? To cease is what to quit means, right? To cease perseverance or insistence, okay? And this is something that um, uh, the Spirit of God was bringing to my attention, okay? That many are just living in existence, okay, but without insistence, okay? In other words, they live in existence without insistence, but the problem is then there's no real existence without it, okay? Now, why is that? Well, insistence is defined as uh, an unyielding disposition or resolute determination to move forward, a resolute determination to move forward. And really what it speaks of is purpose, okay? And a person that lacks purpose has a tendency sometimes to disengage, okay? Has a tendency to cease perseverance or insistence because they feel like they really have no purpose. And so sometimes with the situations they go through, things with your past, things that happen, maybe you've been dealt a bad hand. Maybe uh, there are things that were completely out of your uh, you know, out of your control. Maybe things that happened to you that had that should have never happened to you. Okay, and these things do happen. Okay, uh, but we don't sit back and and use it as an excuse. Use it as some alibi to live live wrong or live unclean or dirty or to give up or quit or whatever it is. Okay. Um, again, I know I'm kind of stressing that, but I'm trying to let you let it be known here. This is what Jabez did. Jabez made a decision, I'm not going to quit. I'm not going to give up. Okay, I, I, you know, the, the name, everywhere he went, his name was he who causes pain. That was his name. Could you imagine having that name every time the kid went to the playground to play with the kids as he was growing up? Or, you know, every time he was called for dinner at night or, or whatever, or woke up in the morning to get up. Hey, you who causes pain. You know, I mean, think about that. That's just kind of nasty if you think about it. What kind of name is that, right? But that was his name. So, you know, his whole life, that's what he was called. From adults to kids, friends, whatever, that's what they called him. Okay, the one that causes pain. All right. Well, he was... He didn't want to be called that. He didn't want that to be his identity, all right? He wanted an identity change, all right? And that's why he went to God, all right? That was his, that was his primary reason to go to God was to get a name change, so to speak, or an identity change. 
I don't want to be the one that causes pain. I'd rather be the one, praise God, that brings delight or to bring joy or happiness or something. You know, I don't want to be the one that brings turmoil, uh, you know, hurt, pain, okay? And there's a lot of other synonyms that go with that. Uh, but he made it, he said, I don't want to be that. So he did the honorable thing, cho- choosing the higher road by calling on God, amen, for God to bring a transition or a change in this thing. Praise God. Hallelujah. So praise God. Uh, let's see here. So let's, let's look at verse 10. All right, a little bit deeper here. And Jabez called on the God of Israel. So he called on God. All right, so let's look at that. He called on God. So obviously it it means, you know, somewhere along the line, he knew that he could do that. That's good, right? Um, You know, know, he made a decision instead of accepting everything that's going on. Now, we don't really know how, how old he was when this happened. Was he a teenager? Was he an adult, full-grown adult? Um, was he, uh, you know, has, had he already started a family? We don't know that, okay? All we know is that somewhere along the line, he knew that he could call on God, and he did call on God. But somewhere he heard something right, right? Amen. You know, I remember even in my own life, and many of you probably can bear witness of this in your own life, you know, you might go your whole life and not, you might just assume things about God. You just assume things about, you know, spiritual things or whatever and, and be completely off base. I know I was. And, um, you know, so one day I heard the truth about a good God who you could call on and you could receive. And I remember doing that. I was by myself. Some people you know, it's it's a you know it's a corporate thing. They received the Lord at some meeting, or uh, you know somebody prayed with them. Well, you know, I heard the truth. I went to some meetings, saw that, and everything about that. It it it's like the lights came on. It's like the elevator went to the top. You know, it's like the bats uh, flew out of the belfry. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, it's like everything started making a little more sense. And so I remember one day just driving down the road in my car after everything I'd been hearing over the last several weeks. And I'm thinking, you know, this is what I want. And I remember calling on God and and receiving Jesus into my life, amen, as my Lord and Savior. And I made it personal. And that started a whole uh, gamut of, of, of things that happened from there on out. One decision after another, not saying I was perfect. I obviously, I had still had some issues even after I got saved because I, I didn't know much, okay? I was pretty ignorant. A lot of times I like to say I was dumb as a stump, you know, when I first got saved, at least concerning spiritual matters and probably a few other things too. But, but the point was, is that I started by calling on Him, receiving Him, and obviously it stuck, praise the Lord, and went from there and began to learn some things grabbed hold of some things, and all of a sudden things began to transition in my life and change. My identity changed, okay, of who I was, okay, and everything that I, how I thought, okay, and I wasn't going down a good road. I was raised with some good parents and, and a, in a good community, um, a lot of good, you know, support around, all the way around, okay, so uh, it, it wasn't nobody else's fault but my own. It was just some poor choices on my own. But 
when I called on the Lord, all of a sudden it started this progression of change in my life that pulled me out of that uh, pit that I was in, out of that cesspool of bad decision-making, uh, pulled me off the road of, of doom and destruction and, and ruin and, and got me on the right road. And then all of a sudden there was these changes that began to happen. And I'm not the same person that I was, you know, 30 some years ago when I uh, made that choice for the first time. Uh, you know, so I, you know, a lot happened in my life, but I'd heard some things. That's my point with all this. I heard some things and recognized and realized that I could call on God. All right. Well, I believe that same kind of thing happened for Jabez. Like I said, we have no idea other than what we can read in these couple verses, but he knew enough to be able to call on God. And that's what he did. He called on God, and then he had some questions. And I think when you kind of look at the questions, what he was asking of the Lord, um, obviously he'd heard some things, okay, and knew enough that he could ask these things, okay? So we got, you know, got that going in his favor. He said, oh, that you would bless me indeed, okay? In other words, empower me, that word refers to. To bless me means an empowerment, empowerment to succeed, to prosper, um, to have success, okay? That's what it refers to. So he knew enough to ask on God for some success, okay? Now, I believe with all my heart, when we get done with this thing, you're going to recognize that it wasn't just for selfish reasons and selfish gain. All right, you need to see this, okay? And this is part of the thing I wanted to bring out about Jabez that I feel maybe is kind of a fresh look at this, all right? Because uh, he asked that he would be empowered to succeed, to be a blessing. Amen. If you recall that the blessing early on was, uh, you know, especially in, in Abraham's time when, he was, when it was declared over Abraham that he would be blessed, okay, receive the blessing. And the word was real clear that the purpose of the blessing was to be blessed, to be a blessing to others, okay? In other words, you're called to be empowered so you could turn and help empower others. That's the purpose of the blessing. That's really the true purpose of the blessing, okay? It's not just for selfish gain. I guarantee you, your life will get better. I guarantee you, all right, you will walk with more, have more, uh, you know, be able to work with more than you've ever had before. I'll guarantee that. But its true purpose is to be blessed, to be a blessing. Amen. And that's what was acknowledged over Abraham. And I guarantee you, Jabez was thinking the same thing. All right. He goes on. Oh, that you would bless me indeed. And here we go. And enlarge my territory, okay? Some of your cross-references might say border. Some translations, even you word coast, but it's talking about, you know, increase, okay? Increase my, my territory. Increase my level of influence. Increase, uh, you know, what I have so that I can do something with it, okay? Cause this to increase and grow. Empower me to succeed and cause increase to come into my life. All right, that's what he's talking about here. And then he goes on, that your hand would be with me. That your hand 
would be with me. Now, anytime you see that, it's talking about, you know, God giving you the means to uh, not only succeed, but everywhere you go to be favored, amen, to have the advantage. Anytime God's hand is at work, you have automatically have the advantage. You know, one of the things you see, like even in the New Covenant, is the grace of God is referred to as the hand of the Lord at work. It talks about in the book of Acts. And so he's talking about, I not only want to be empowered to succeed, not only be increased in, in, in my uh, you know, influence and all that, but I want to also uh, have the favor on me. And the scriptures are clear. Proverbs brings out that the favor of God, that you, pardon me, that you can have the favor of God, favor with God and favor with men, talks about. So he's thinking about all this. All of this Jabez is thinking is, okay, not just for my benefit. All right. And we see, see it here in the next statement here. Okay. He says this, uh, that your hand would be with me and here we go, that you would keep me from evil. All right. That you would keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. Okay. That you would keep me from evil. Now you think, well, is that talking about, you know, he just doesn't want, you know, have any bad days. That's not really what he's talking about. I don't believe that. Now that word evil means uh, trouble or or something bad, but it also means misdoings. Okay, so he's saying, you know, um, not only do I want to be empowered or blessed, all right, to succeed. Not only do I want to be enlarged in my territory, in other words, or increased in my level of influence, but I also want, praise God, your favor on me, Amen, to be uh, not only with you, not only the advantage that you're giving me to do whatever with you, but also with men. But he says, listen, I want to have guidance that I steer clear of all the trouble. I steer clear of all the misdoings. Now, remember, you say, well, why are you getting all this? Because remember, he was called he who causes pain. Now, you better understand the power of words. That's why you, you know, when you're going to name your child, you make sure you name your child something you want them to become. All right. You don't name them some squirrely name that's going to mean, you know, all hell's going to break loose around them. I mean, are you hearing me? Okay. You got to name your child, amen, a name because why? Because there's power in words. And so all his life, all he ever heard was, you're the one that causes pain. You're the one that reminds me of pain. That's why mom called him that, okay? And so all his life, everywhere he goes, he's referred to. His identity is about the one that causes pain. Well, praise God this boy didn't give up. Praise God he looked up. Praise God, you know, he chose the higher road here and did the honorable thing by leaning on God to change his identity. So he says, not only do I want to be empowered and increased and favored, but see, I want to be guided in my everyday affairs so I'm not being you know, led toward misdoings, trouble, evil, bad things. Okay, I want to be, I want that changed in my life. I don't want to constantly be warring against words that are over me that everywhere I go, there's going to be trouble or there's going to be pain or there's going to be hurt. Okay, so he asked, all right, that that I would, amen, not be, you know, one that heads toward evil, all right? And he said that, I love this, 
that I may not cause pain, that I may not cause pain. Now, every other translation I read, or at least the majority of them, they bring out with this verse like that he doesn't want to experience pain. And it's not that. When you get in it in the Hebrew, it's not referring to him being worried about him experiencing pain. All right? He doesn't want to cause pain. Okay, so this New King James rendering of this does a really good job of bringing out what's what's actually in the Hebrew. All right, because that's what it was about. All of this, I want to be empowered, increased, favored, guided. Why? Because I don't want to be one that causes pain. I want to do something else. He had purpose. That's what we're getting at. He didn't give up. Amen. He looked up. Amen. And he made a decision. Praise God. I'm going to bring everybody else up. I'm going to be a blessing. I'm not going to be a curse. I'm going to be a blessing everywhere I go. And that's why the word says God granted that to him. It wasn't for selfish gain. Was he personally going to get gain out of it? Absolutely. Was it going to affect his life? Absolutely. Praise God for that. But it was about what he wanted to do with it. He didn't want to be the bearer of pain and hurt. He would rather be the bearer of one that brings, you know, healing, would bring uh, good, would bring the blessing. Amen. That's what he wanted. And God granted him that. That, to me, is why, you know, uh, you know, we see in this text, he had an identity change, a name change, okay? And you and me, amen, have that same, that same thing granted to us. Amen. We don't have to let whatever happened in the past We don't have to let whatever bad decision somebody else made that we were affected by or something maybe even that we made, maybe a poor choice that we made that affected our life. We don't have to let our past dictate our future. We don't have to be, you know, our history, our mistake, our poor choice or poor decision. We are who God says we are, and we can do what God says we can do, regardless of the hand that has been handed to you. So I'm addressing today a no-quit spirit, an overcomer's mindset, a conqueror's mentality. Amen. That's what you as a child of God are going to operate in. Because no matter what's been dealt to you, no matter what has happened, no matter what happened yesterday, yesteryear, yesterdecade for that matter, it will not affect you from here on out. But the choice is yours, my friend, of whether you're going to move forward or whether you're going to quit. Are you going to give up and just use all of that stuff as your excuse? Get caught up in some self-pity mode, woe is me, everything's against me, never had a chance, never will, can't be, can't do. Is that you? Now, you might think I'm picking on you, but I'm not. You have to make the choice today whether you're going to look up and draw from your source of life and health and light or whether you're going to go the other way and continue down a path of darkness 
using everything that's happened to you as your excuse, in a sense, your stepping stone to keep doing what you're doing or living how you're living. You have to make that choice. Today, I ask that you make that you have a no-quit spirit and make the quality choice today to do the honorable thing. Amen. To choose the higher road. Amen. To get a purpose. Amen. And, a, and this really is kind of what we're about today. How about this? How about get you off your mind for a few minutes? and start thinking about how you can affect the lives of others in a good way. Amen. Get yourself a purpose. Amen. So that you, amen, can exist. Amen. With some insistence. Amen. And not just, you know, living out there without any kind of purpose whatsoever, any kind of determination to see anything happen or get done. All right. Now, I've kind of stressed on that a little bit. Now, Today, we're going to go somewhere um, that I enjoy, and we're going to go to the book of Romans, chapter 8. Have I ever told you how much I love chapter 8 of Romans? Praise God. Hallelujah. So Romans 8, please, and we'll, we'll finish our message, you know, ministering out of Romans 8. Amen. Romans 8, and I know we could read quite a bit of this, but we'll probably just maybe grab maybe the last, I don't know, maybe 10 verses or so of the, of the chapter here. And um, I think I'm going to go to verse, I think I'm going to go to verse 30. And um, I want to, you know, uh, we use Jabez as our example because his willingness to look up and, and, and not, you know, to not quit and to look up and to make a quality choice to do the honorable thing. But see, I want to let you know as a, as a new covenant child, you've, you've been given everything that you need to, to be successful. You've been given everything you need in God to conquer, to overcome. You don't have to quit. You know, there's, there's a lot of ways to win, but there's one sure way to lose, and that's just quit. And I see a lot of that. And it, it grieves my heart when I see people that have such potential and just willing to throw in the towel, so to speak, and use whatever's happened to them as their excuse or alibi why they can't or, you know, or won't or whatever it is. And so... Again, I, I, you know, I get on these kind of things, and I, sometimes you always know there's going to be somebody out there thinking you're picking on them or some kind of crazy thing. But in all honesty, I ain't picking on any one person. I'm picking on all of you. <laughs> okay. I'm just saying, ain't none of us have an excuse big enough to quit. Okay. Uh, we all have a reason to move forward. We all have the abilities in God to to defeat any situation, to override any situation. Amen. So anyway, enough said. Let's look at Romans 8. We're going to go to verse 30, as I said. Verse 30. Now, of course, I just got done talking about the, the power of the Holy Ghost, the Spirit there to help in our inabilities, and that all things are working together and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and I know I could have read all that, but I think for sake of time, I just thought I'd jump into verse 30 and start from there. It just says this, More, uh, uh, Moreover, whom He predestined, in other words, whom He's given 
a destiny, right? Whom he's uh, predestined, these he also called, and whom he's called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he also glorified. So let's just take a look at a few of those words, all right? So again, the word predestined means with destiny or preordained. It really refers to sonship, okay, where you've been given uh, potential, you've been given um, uh, value, amen, as part of the family, part of the household of faith. So you've been predestined, you have a destiny, all right? It's been given to you. All right, it's yours to have if you want it. And he says, whom he's predestined, these he's also called. Okay, and this word called just means there's a bidding, an invite, an appointment, or an assignment is another way of looking at this. Okay, so in other words, not only have you got sonship, not only have you been preordained and got value and potential, but you also have a purpose to carry out. All right, you've got a call. All right, so whom he's predestined, these he's called. And whom he's called, it says here, these he's also justified. That just means rendered right. Okay, the word justified is the same word used for righteousness. Okay, so righteousness or rightness or right standing or justified, justification, all come out of that same word. Okay, well, well, you're rendered right. In other words, regardless, or pardon me, regard as innocent. That's what I should say. So regardless of what you've been through, regardless of what you've done, regardless of choices and decisions that you made, You've been declared innocent by the blood of Jesus. You've been justified. Amen. You've been redeemed. Amen. So the point is this, okay, that not only have you got a destiny, okay, but you've also got a purpose. And not only that, amen, you've been set free from anything in the past that you think could maybe hold you back from fulfilling your purpose. We have no excuses. I'm just trying to tell you that, all right? Amen. You have, praise God, uh, nothing in your past holding you back from fulfilling what you uh, need to fulfill or fulfilling what you're called to fulfill. And that's a fact, okay? Because you've also been justified, okay? And whom he's justified, then it says, he, he also has what? Glorified. And that just means, again, uh, power. It just means full of glory or given glory to do. It means an empowerment to push you forward is what it refers to. So not only have you been freed from anything back there to hold you back, you've also been empowered, amen, to be catapulted forward, amen. So he's, uh, you know, glorified you, amen, empowered you, amen, to fulfill it, amen. We have no reason to quit. We have no reason to give up, amen. We have every reason to keep moving. And no matter what's happened, no matter what's gone on, no matter whether it was out of your control or whether something that was in your control that went the wrong way, whatever it may be, I'm letting you know that no matter what your identity was back there, you have a new identity in Him. Amen. You have been, uh, you know, you've been preordained. Amen. For a great things, a destiny. You've got a calling. You're justified and you've been glorified or empowered to fulfill it. Praise God. This is all good things. Now you have to understand that verse because the next verse then asks some questions. Okay. Verse 31 says, then what then shall we say to these things? He's asking a question. You know, all this stuff. What, what, what could we say to this? He said, could we say this? If God is for us, who could be against us? Right? If God is on our side, right? Who could be against us? Listen, if God's on your side, it doesn't matter who's against you. <laughs> That's just the facts, all right? But he's trying, he's asking a question. Listen, if you've got all this, you know, in your favor right now, and regardless of what, what's happening naturally, you got all this that's already been granted to you. He says, could we say then that, uh, you know, God's with you? God's for you? 
That God's not against you? Well, I say yes, we could say that, right? Amen. With God on your, on your side, success is inevitable. With God on your side, success is inev- inevitable. So you might as well just keep moving forward. Refuse to quit. Refuse to give up. Amen. If you got to stand up, brush yourself off again to move forward, then do it. Praise God. Amen. So if God is for you, who could be against you, right? Verse 32 says this, who, uh, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? In other words, everything he's talking about, it's all yours. Why? Because Jesus paid the price. Amen. Everything was paid. It's already handled. It's already taken care of. Amen. All you have to do is receive it. So you quitting is not the right answer. That's like, ah, wrong answer, right? All right. We choose to move forward because your success is inevitable if you just move forward, if you just refuse to quit. All right. Praise God. Verse 33. Who shall bring a charge? against God's elect. Talking about you. Is it God or it it is God who justifies, right? Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen, who is even at the right hand of God, who also uh, makes intercession for us. Verse 33 again, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Amen. Well, who's usually bringing a charge against God's elect? It's the enemy, right? He's the accuser, right? He's the one that, that, in a sense, does all the trash talking. Amen. And that's a fact. The enemy is really good at trash talking, all right? Trying to get you, you know, uh, to fall under condemnation, guilt, you know, inferiority, shame, all that stuff that happens, all right? A lot of times, you know, he talks you into making a poor choice and decision, then when you do, then he beats you up with condemnation for doing it. Well, it's a tactic, Okay. Well, who, who brings a charge against God elect, right? It's God who justifies. In other words, it's God who justifies. It's God who, who renders you right. It's God who has, you know, you've traded your unrighteousness for his righteousness when you made Jesus Lord of your life, praise God. He became your righteousness, all right? Hallelujah. He became your sanctification, your redemption. Hallelujah, your wisdom. I mean, he became all that for you, and all you got to do is just receive it. So you got no reason to quit. It's the enemy trash talking, trying to get you to buy into a lie, but you have to make a decision. I refuse to give up and quit. And if you made a mistake, get yourself up, brush yourself off, move forward. Amen. Proverbs in uh, 24 and 16, it says this, For a righteous man may fall seven times and rise again. Now, you know, I've used that verse many times, you know, and not really the emphasis is not really how many times you fall. The emphasis is about getting back up again. Amen. And the number seven really is the word number for completeness. And if you really stop and think about it, you may be really good at falling, but the key is get back up again. All right, so no matter what, it's not saying that you only get seven shots at it. Amen, because that's the case, we're all done. But the point is this, you might be really good at falling and stumbling. He says this, the key is to get back up again. Amen, amen. You know, um, oh, what is it? Uh, 
Uh, a big shot is nothing but a little shot that just kept shooting. <laughs> I always think of that one. Amen. Amen. A big shot is nothing but a little shot that just kept shooting. Praise God. And you got to be that individual. Just keep shooting. Just keep get up, keep moving forward. Praise God. Amen. Verse 34 again. Who is he? Condemns, right? It is Christ who died and furthermore is risen. Uh, who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. Praise God. Amen. I'm just going to tell you this. No one can make you feel less than without your permission. All right. Now, the enemy's good at doing these things. They might even use people sometimes to really, uh, you know, you know, you know, bust you upside the head with some words and things and actions and acute accusations and all that kind of stuff. But I'm just letting you know that nobody can make you feel less than without your permission. All right. So don't give them permission. Amen. Just look up. Amen. Draw on your source. Keep moving forward. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, Micah 7 and verse 8 says this, Do not rejoice over me, my enemy. When I fall, I will arise. Amen. I shall arise. Amen. To me, that's like no matter what, even if you've stumbled, tripped, you get up again, you move forward. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Years ago, the Spirit of God uh, made this statement to me, and I'm going to go ahead and throw it in here that where you are right now has nothing to do with where you're going. Now listen, where you are right now has nothing to do with where you're going. Now listen, but what you do now may have everything to do with where you're going. Well, that's why I'm telling you, okay, you know, it doesn't matter what's happened yesterday, yesteryear, yesterdecade, but what you do right now may determine some things. And if you're just going to quit, it may determine some bad things. Or you can say, I have a no-quit spirit. I have an overcomer's mindset. I have a conqueror's mentality. I rise above it, praise God. I choose to brush myself off and move forward. Amen. I walk in my true identity in Christ as a man or woman of God. Amen. Called by God to do great things in God, praise the Lord. That's who you are. Amen. So you make the choice right now to rise above, amen, to get up, to look up, praise God, and move forward, praise God. That's what we do, amen? Verse 35, who shall separate us? I love this. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Amen? Shall tribulation? And all that means is trouble, pressure uh, due to trouble, all right? Distress just means mental pressure. Uh, persecution means people pressures, all right? Famine means without sustenance, all right? Nakedness means without, um, uh, uh, what is it? Provision, I think is what it means. Without provision, that's what the word nakedness means. Peril means uh, uh, life's in danger. The sword means under uh, judicial punishment, I believe is what that word means. So in other words, what can any of these things separate me from the love of Christ? Now think about this. He's asking the question, all right? So you might be in one of these situations right now. Okay, You may not, but you may be. Okay, so it could be, let's look at it again. You could be just under uh, trouble, pressure from trouble, some kind of situations going on. Could be distress, maybe mental pressure, okay, persecution, people pressures, all right? Famine, in other words, you might be short on sustenance. You might be, you know, it might be a little bit, uh, you know, short in the pocketbook, so to speak. Nakedness means without provision in the sense of, you know, you may not have, be able to pay all the bills or that kind of thing or, or see all the needs that you want, maybe the things that you'd like to have right now you maybe can't have right now for, for natural reasons, okay? He said peril, maybe your life's been in danger about something, 
Or maybe you're under judicial punishment due to something, a poor choice or decision you made, or maybe somebody else made, and as a result of it, it got you in trouble. I mean, I don't know. The point is, none of those things can separate you from the love of Christ. So the point he's trying to make is it doesn't matter what you got up against you right now. You got a God that's with you, a God that's on your side, and never leave you nor forsake you. You might as well look up, draw on your source from strength, of strength, and move forward, praise God. Now he brings out a, a verse here, as it is written. In other words, this is a quote, amen, out of the scriptures here, out of Psalms. All right, it says, for, for your sake, we are killed all the day. Uh, we are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. In other words, you may feel like that's you. You may feel like I'm just being, I'm just led to the slaughter. Man, I'm just, every time I turn around, something other bad thing's going on. Well, you may feel that way, but it says yet, right? Verse 37, that's why it uses the word yet in all these things. In other words, no matter what's going on and how you're feeling at the moment, yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. We're more than conquerors. This word here means uh, overcomer, triumphant, means literally to gain a decisive victory, praise God. Now, we're not copers, we're conquerors. We don't just lay down and let life happen. We, We step up to the plate, we move forward, Amen. And this is what we're talking about, a no-quit spirit, all right? Yet in all these things, okay, and these, these things may be happening. One of these things, and maybe all these things you may feel like are happening to you right now. You get up, you look up, and you rise up, praise God, and move forward, praise the Lord. That's what we do. Amen. You are an, you're an overcomer. You're more than a conqueror. Amen. What are some of those other words there? You're a, uh, you're a triumphant. Amen. Hallelujah. Um, praise God. Amen. You're not just a survivor. Amen. It's good to survive, but it's not, we're not just survivors. We're not just talking about, you know, just barely make it. We're talking about get above it. Amen. Conquer. Rise up in who you are. Amen. Praise the Lord. Uh, the second Corinthians and four in the, uh, J.B. Phillips translation in verses 8 and 9, I think it's the verses it uses. It says this, that we may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out. Isn't that good? We may be knocked down, but we are never knocked out, man. So we get back up and we move forward. Praise God. That's how we do things. Amen. We maintain a rise again. Amen. Keep looking up attitude. Amen. That's what we do. Praise God. I'm either up or getting up, but I'm never down. You got to settle it. I'm either up or getting up. But I refuse to just lay down on the ground and let the enemy continue to mow me over, run me over, step on me again. Amen. No matter what's happened, I'm trying to I'm trying to paint that picture. No matter whether it's something that somebody else did, like in Jabez's life, it could have been very much something else. It was it was totally out of his control. Okay, or it could have been things that you've done, decisions you've made that just messed your life up. Regardless, it doesn't matter what it is. None of these things will move you. Amen. Yet in all these things, amen, we're more than conquered. We rise above it, praise God. And that's what we do, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, Verse 38, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things uh, present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us 
from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord, meaning he ain't never going to leave you no matter what's going on. Amen. Now, I did um, I did something years ago, kind of a um, I took these couple verses right here and I put uh, what I call the Jerry Roberts translation. OK, and what it did just through studying each each one of those things that's mentioned in verses 38 and 39. And I just kind of reworded it. Uh, and, and maybe it does something for you, maybe not. But regardless, uh, uh, to me, this is this is what it's about. You know, you just get up, you move forward. But it said this, or this is how it's worded. Uh, when you kind of break it down in the in the in the Greek, it says this: "For I am persuaded that whether things die or things live, whether things good or bad or unexplained happen, whether things are instantaneous or whether they've been delayed." Whether things have been exposed or remain hidden, even if things have been fabricated against us, nothing shall by uh, nothing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's kind of how it's brought out in the Greek. Okay, let me say it again. For I am persuaded that whether things die or live, whether things good, bad, or unexplained happen, right? Whether things are instantaneous or been delayed whether things have been exposed or remain hidden, even if things have been fabricated against us, regardless, right? Nothing shall be able or shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. I hope you got something today. Amen. I'm challenging you to never quit, never get up, never give up. Amen. Always get up, look up, rise up, and move forward. Praise God. Father, we give praise and glory once again for your word, for these principles today. Thank you for a people that had ears to hear and a heart to receive, opening the eyes of our understanding, maybe challenging us, amen, to not give up, but to keep moving forward. And Father, I thank you. Give them the courage, give them the strength, give them the wisdom, everything they need, praise God, uh, to do what they have to do. And we give you the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, I call you blessed. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WOVictory or go to Jerry Roberts Ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.